Until Valhalla, things to clear up here. I had a good friend get in a motorcycle accident. She is an army vet. I consider her, like I said, a very close friend and a sister in the brotherhood. So um, she's got a GoFundMe. It is on my um, page on Facebook. If you want to, you can donate there or you can, you know, share it. That would be appreciated. Um, she'll need a all the help she can get if you know once she pulls through this it's going to be a long hard road for her she's got some major issues right now so if you can just do what you can with that said this is this is memorial day weekend or it will be and so we're going to try and celebrate some of these soldiers that has died that have died in the heat of battle and uh Hopefully, I can bring to light some of the things that are done there when they're put to the final resting place there in Arlington Arlington National Cemetery. My first duty station was in D.C., and part of my duties there, which was the most important duty I had, was to give these soldiers a respectful and honorable funeral. I chose today's first music Amazing Grace, because that's the last song that is sung before the soldier is taken out from the church. They sing that as they are exiting, and then they pass the casket off to us. Depending upon the team, it's either a six- or eight-man team. Eight-man team is a full honors team. That's the casket casket carrier team. And full honors in... Arlington National Cemetery is different than full honors anywhere else. You get a eight-man casket team, firing party, which everybody gets a firing party, but you also get a full cordon, which is a whole bunch of people marching, and the U.S. Army Band. If you're a general, you get the um, cannon salutes, cannon volleys, that's what it's called. One of my um, finest moments there in D.C., and one of the saddest for our company, was we had this soldier by the name of Corporal Joseph Hernandez. He used to be in our company. He ended up re-upping and um, going and deploying. During deployment, he was killed in action. He was the very first junior enlisted soldier to ever be buried with full honors in Arlington National Cemetery. Before, that was reserved for E-9s, which is a rank, which is like a sergeant major rank, or officers only. Junior enlisted is anything below, I I believe, E9. I I could be wrong on this. It's been a few years since I've been in. 
So during his uh, ceremony, we had four flags. I was one of the um, soldiers holding the flag. It was actually on the cover of USA Today, and CNN did a big piece on this because it was a historical burial for our nation's number one burial site for soldiers. We had four flags because he had several members of his family that was receiving flags. And then we had the one on the casket, so that's a total of five. We also had people in commander-in-chief's guard uniform, which is wigs and tights, just like the colonial days. The commander-in-chief's guard, which is what I was a part of, was George Washington's original bodyguards, basically. That right there touched a lot of us in a different way. Me, I didn't know Corporal Hernandez, but plenty of people there did. And it was a very, very um, special event, whether you knew him or not. But especially for those that knew him and knew his family, his wife, he had kids. It was a, it was an honorable thing to be a part of. Another funeral that sticks out in my mind, There, it was a Navy funeral. We was doing, um, well, we had a blizzard there in D.C. Everybody else was off except for the Army because we're the best. I know I might get some crap for that, but whatever. Um, so we had this funeral. I believe I believe this is the same funeral. I, I've been a, I was a part of, I believe, close to 350 or 400 funerals total. And I'm trying to think off the top of my head what the number was that was official. So I, I probably do get some of these mixed up. But if, if I'm right on this one, the funeral itself was... On this slope of land, and when you're carrying a casket, you have to try and keep it as level as possible. A drop in Arlington is if the casket touches a blade of grass. It's not completely dropping the casket, which of course that would be a drop. But if it touches a blade of grass, that's just as bad. And if you get a drop, you actually have to go through recertification, which is where they test you and your whole team on how you carry a casket in a cemetery. So, um, anyways, we, uh, we, we was on this huge slope where the final burial plot was. Some of us had to hold the casket up shoulder high and the other people was below their waist to try and make this thing level. And, uh, we ended up receiving a coin for that, which isn't the, isn't what you're going for, but it's my most honored coin that I have. I have coins from deployment and coins from, I got coins from, I got a lot of coins and that one's the one that always sticks out for me. Another um, burial that we had there was a first sergeant. I don't remember these people's names and I'm, I apologize as, as I said, there's, there's been plenty of these uh, burials that I've been a part of and we're talking 13 years ago now, but um, these stories behind his burial which actually almost made made us laugh as a team which is a no-no you have to keep blank faced obvious for obvious reasons the first sergeant had uh he they, they had said he lost his rank several times and the last time he had lost his rank he was a really short guy and um his captain had said something they didn't like so he told him to stand right there and he went and grabbed a chair got on the chair and punched him in the nose. I don't know if that's true or not. It could be exaggerated, maybe not. But, you know, it's stories like that that 
will always stick out. You see um, the families. You see the pain. It's in these wives' eyes or the mother's eyes, their kids' eyes, obviously. And a lot of the funerals were done for soldiers that didn't die in war. But those are just as honorable as those that did. But, you know, this weekend is about those that died on the battleground, protecting what they believe to be our rights or to further other people's rights. That's why I really want everybody to focus on this weekend. You know, you have family get-togethers and everything's really nice. Go on, getting your um, your cookout done and everything. All that's all that stuff is meaningful. But at the end of the day, the the day belongs to the fallen. And the reason why my podcast is named Until Valhalla, because that's what we soldiers say to each other especially when one passes. There have been many, many soldiers that have passed in the past in different wars. And uh, I'm not so sure that people really appreciate just how passionate that we are to protect what we we believe to be right. In the American Revolution, we have 4,435 casualties. Doesn't seem seem like that much, but when you think about fighting with muskets and cannons... That's a lot. War of 1812, 2,260 casualties. World War I, World War I, 116,516 casualties. And that's in one year. World War II, four years of being at war. 405,399 casualties. Korean War, 36,574 casualties. Vietnam War, 58,220 casualties. Desert Shield and slash Desert Storm, 383 casualties. And in Iraq and Afghanistan, we've lost 7,036 soldiers. Of course, I'm not including the other side's casualties as that right there, personally, is not what this is about. But this is all stuff that I think about daily as I've had friends pass and um, brothers. You know, that's uh, that's just from war. That's not even including suicides or accidents outside of the Army or the military in general. So I really hope that uh, you all enjoy this podcast. And as I said, I will continue to get better. Um, follow me on Facebook, um, just Joe Morris. And... Uh, If you would, like I said, go and click on the GoFundMe link on there. And if you can't donate, share. She's going to need all the help she can get, my friend Danielle Canerum. With that said, this has been Until Valhalla Podcast, and we'll be ending with taps.